The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. Horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we're here closing out our 2011's remake revisit with Craig Gillespie's Fright Night. We should really call in Farrell's Fright Night. Fright Night. I learned 30 seconds before recording this podcast that Kim does not recognize the name Craig Gillespie. Actually, I oh shit, you looked, looked this it up, up and you I wrote down some movies foiled that by research again. <laughs> that was going to be a surprise for me to be to watch you go. Holy shit, I've seen so many of these guys' movies and TV shows and stuff. It's interesting that not a lot of horror in there. That's right, directed by Mr. I Tanya himself and Cruella. I guess Cruella has a little bit of darkness in it. I was real surprised uh, doing my one Google search research moment of this whole movie to find that the reception was a lot better at release than I had remembered. I in my, in my memory, this was a movie that came out, everybody said sucked, everybody hated it, and has been slowly revisiting it and finding a new appreciation for it. But it seems like box office, like moderate box office success, critical, you know, everybody, critics were like, it's good, it's fine, Colin Farrell's great. I, I, in my mind, this was like the thing, and everybody panned it when it came out. For me, this film was just not on my radar, which is really weird, um, because I had a huge Colin, have a huge. Yeah, have, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it, it went away one day and never returned. I have a huge Colin Farrell thing, uh, and I just never saw this movie. You and I watched it for the first time a couple years ago, and I was like, oh, this is, this isn't so bad. Yeah, also, not so bad. way campier than I think either of us had expected. Yeah, 
I I think it's just because we kind of knew going into it that like everybody kind of had the same name. Mm-hmm. This story is one that has been redone. It, it's Rear Window with vampires. Yeah, like yeah. It's it's a a formula that Hollywood really loves to use. <laughs> it's a and, it's a formula I really love to watch. <laughs> no, it's it's great. The neighbor is evil, or there's a murder next door, or whatever is 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 fun. But it's I mean it's it's all more of the same. So yeah. Um, what was that movie that we? Saw? saw we uh, we earlier we were dating we saw a movie that was like this with no vampires like a rear window situation disturbing had shy yeah shia labeouf (laughs) (laughs) and i remember being like this is just fright night but like less fright nighty yeah i mean there's all what's that there's the jennifer lopez movie as well right the boy next door which is like rear window if you slept with the dude (laughs) and was he was also kind of a teenager yeah and what lies beneath is like a little bit like that but then it's not at all turns out we love spying on our neighbors (laughs) so like real quick point form like i feel like we've kind of already given a few three good things but like if you you know for anybody out there listening that uh has not revisited this or completely avoided it because like us we thought the trailer you know was selling us the same movie we all had already seen and loved and didn't necessarily need a remake for three good things about fright night 2011 number one i think colin farrell is like really dedicated to this role (laughs) yeah in 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 interesting ways like i don't know if i want to say like really really good because i have some thoughts but he is committed he looked at the material and said i'll do all of this to the extreme <laughs> yeah i'll do it <laughs> did not phone it in one yeah, second i'll, I'll eat that apple <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. number two I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say and i think maybe all my three good things are probably cast related david tennant as peter vincent is amazing yeah i i even think just peter vincent as a, a whole point because this interpretation is really fun yeah it's it's the perfect interpretation for 2011 like uh-huh. what 2011's peter vincent would be yeah this had the- be like the early days of Chris Angel, right? Yeah, in the original film, it's a you know, like a horror host who's kind of at the end of his career, and uh, you know, he's got those delusions of grandeur. And the delusions of grandeur of today is the modern, <laughs> the modern mu- uh, magician. I almost said musician, M- musician, magician. <laughs> yeah, dresses like a musician, is a magician, is totally just a sad bro like everybody else in this movie. <laughs> What's our number three? I'm going to toss this to you. My one point was just going to be that everybody in this movie is ridiculously good looking. Okay. (laughs) And that was just going to be my whole point. But I don't want to do all cast related things. So I will say that the update on the vampire mythos, they choose a style of vampire for Jerry Dandridge Mm. in this one. And it leads to a really great and surprising scare sequence that really fucking worked for me hell yeah 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 no this uh the the vampires of this movie are actually pretty great they remind me a lot of 30 days of night yeah they have they have some interesting transformation cgi transformations (laughs) yeah well anyway those are three good things the movie is so much fun just a good movie you know like it's not no one's no one's getting an academy award for this performance it's kind of of its time but i think in a in a weird way ahead of its time in terms of tone this fright night lives in a heightened reality that is closer to cartoon than real life i don't know if that's intentional but sure i think it's a fun movie i think we should stop saying it's a good movie okay fine we'll leave we'll leave it at that fun movie follow us on twitter share your thoughts with us <laughs>
anyway, here's here's the trailer for Fright Night. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, Mom. Hey, just checking in. What you up to? Uh... Adam Johnson. Adam. You know, Adam's missing, right? Right? Kids aren't coming to school. It happens all the time. I don't know if you're paying attention to Roll Call, but he's not the only one that's gone. You're nuts. This is my son, Charlie, and his girlfriend. Hi. So Jerry is our new neighbor. Hey. Hey. Now listen to me. We graphed up all the disappearances. That's you right there in the center next to his house. I really hate to be the one to tell you this, but that guy, your neighbor? Jerry. Yeah, he's a vampire. <laughs> that is a terrible vampire name, Jerry. Hey, guy. You've been watching me. I've been watching you. Your mom, there's a kind of uh, neglect, gives off a scent. And your girl, she's ripe. It's on you to look out for them, because there are a lot of bad people out there, Charlie. What's that? I'm gonna end him or he's gonna end me. That's how it's gonna be. He's gonna find me. I'm counting on it. You smell that? It's your fear. Just hit him! Get him! Did I kill him? Hopefully. Fright Night is currently currently streaming on Disney Plus, by the way, uh, and is currently sitting at a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. For me, the most interesting thing about this movie is how fucking fast it starts. We kind of skip the first act that you would typically see of the film, you know, where Jerry Dandridge wines and dines the family and like, you know, mom, mom is warmed up to him. And um, there's kind of like that, that push and pull where the son is like, oh, no, he's evil. And mom's like, no, he's not. He's coming over for dinner <laughs> because... Ed is already on to him at the beginning of the film. Like, like kind of way too fast. Like I felt like I felt like I had skip missed skip a few. Yeah. yeah, we had to rewind because we were like, wait a minute, what is his logic on on how evil Jerry Dandridge is? Because we only get one scene with Jerry where he's like super charismatic on the lawn and he's like, sorry about my dumpster. I'm <laughs> <laughs> doing a lot of late night renovations. <laughs> Never creepy. Honestly, if you see your neighbor, I don't care if they have shift work. If they are doing construction on their house late at night, they are building a prison, a dungeon in their house, 100%. Also, his windows are painted black. Yeah. And, like, shoddily painted black, not, like, for cool reasons. In a, in a cool, smart change from the original, though, it's set in the outskirts outside of Las Vegas, so it's not uncommon for people, even in this neighborhood, to work at night and sleep during the day. Hell, his neighbor across the street is is a go-go dancer, she says. Uh, Imogen Poots and that she's definitely a stripper but uh you know half the people that live in this town work in the entertainment industry so none of none of them start work before the sun goes down mm-hmm. 
he does say that he works late night construction on the strip, which must be a thing that actually happens because uh, the only time the strip's not busy is between like four and six a.m. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, I would say between like six and seven a.m. They get one hour. You get one, yeah. It's it's like the reverse happy hour. It's just the hour where there's <laughs> drills and everyone's asleep. <laughs> I think it's a really cool move. I personally like the uh, whining and dining. Jerry Dandridge moves in and the kid spies on him. Like, I like that slow build setup. But yeah, in, in the in the 2011 Fright Night, by the time we're introduced to the characters, he's already killed like a dozen people. Yeah, and we're already like, oh, he's evil. Yeah, because um, Ed's been, Ed and another kid who just disappeared from their homeroom class have kind of been following Jerry Dandridge already and pinned all of these disappearances on him. Yeah, and Charlie, uh, played by Anton Yelchin, R.I.P., was you kind of gather because it's 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 done like so quickly and and all through like quick dialogue that um that he's kind of moved on from Ed as a friend. He's grown up. He's he's kind of moving into a cooler crowd now because his girlfriend's super cool and super hot, and he doesn't want to be hanging out with the nerds. And Ed is trying to keep him in the group because one of their friends has gone missing. Who we I guess is what we see in the opening. Yeah, uh, the cold open, which is. A fun little kill sequence. I like that cold open too. Based based on something Peter Vincent says later in the movie though, about how he escaped a vampire attack, and then we also find out that it was Jerry Dandridge who killed his family. Oh, you think it was that? I think it was originally that. I think originally the idea was that this was Peter Vincent, and then they just reshot it so that way it, the, the kid also dies. Mm, yeah, because that's the friend, the ex-friend. We never see them hanging out or whatever, apart from some like YouTube videos they do like as gladiators when they're at the height of their nerdiness. It's pretty great. Apparently in the DVD special features, you can watch that whole video. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ed only gets one big scene and then Jerry eats him. He's also gone for like 45 minutes, which... You, you, let, let's go ahead and assume you haven't seen the original Fright Night. You don't know that he's maybe coming back, but he kind of—it's like he's selling Ed on being a vampire. So, like, I never would have believed that he was gone completely. Yeah, you, it's like you, you're you anticipating want this. Yeah. more Ed. Yeah. I think he even says to him like, "This is a gift." Like, I'm offering this to you. Well, and Ed is also, evil Ed is the best thing about the, well, one of the best things. There's a lot of great things about the original Fright Night, but evil Ed is one of the best things, and I find he is significantly absent from this movie. Yeah. He's great when he's there. He's great in the, his fin- little finale. He's great in the beginning. The casting for Ed is is oh, fantastic. So fantastic. Uh, who like, else Who else would you who would you cast in 2011? Yeah, it's You uh, call Mick Lovin when you have a Mick Lovin character. Yeah, it's Mick Lovin, Christopher Mintz-Plass. Uh, yeah, thank you. I never remember his real name. I'm sure he I wanted that. to write it down because I I feel bad for him that like for the rest of his life if people were like, "Oh, it's McLovin." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about Jerry Dandridge being like a a bro, like a real bro? There are some weird philosophies that he has. I don't know. The weirdest sequence is is so Jerry knows that Charlie is on to him because because um, he's friends with Ed. Because he's friends with Ed, and he knows that Ed has told him. And Charlie's playing this game of, like, testing Jerry. Particularly when Jerry comes over and he's like, can I borrow some beers real creepily? Yeah. And this is my favorite sequence of the movie because it's very, very weird. Well, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so weird. Colin Farrell's acting in this scene 
confuses the shit out of me. Yeah, this is right after Charlie has gone back to Ed's house after Ed's gone missing, and he's found like the definitive proof that Ed had about Jerry being a vampire. Which is fucking fantastic. It's footage that he shot where... Jerry can't be seen on the camera because yeah. he's a motherfucking vampire. Yeah. So it's just like- It's, a, it's him doing his late night construction yes, work. pushing a wheelbarrow and there's nobody pushing it, opening a truck and walking out and there's nobody There's nobody there. It's So good. It's so fun. I love will, it. I will never bore of vampires not being caught in mirrors and footage. Yeah. I will watch it forever. I yeah. love it. It's like <laughs> one of the only modern horror movies that doesn't find an excuse for cell phones not to be there. Like, oh no, we have them. And it's the proof that we use to show that he's a vampire. So great. And it also kind of justifies how fast Ed was convinced and how fast Charlie was convinced mm-hmm. because you're literally seeing a wheelbarrow move on its own. It's so it's so <laughs> fucking good. And like they use it constantly throughout the movie. There's a scene where Jerry Dandridge eats a security guard and you can you can see the action happening in the background uh, with the two of them sort of like wrestling around and then you're in the shot in the frame is is also the security cam footage where you're just seeing a security guard sort of like fighting with the invisible man while his throat gets slashed. Yeah, open. and then the blood like leaks out and you're like this is just just lovely. <laughs> Amazing shit. Yeah. Um, so back to the scene. For some reason, Jerry comes to the back door, the kitchen door, and he's like hovering in the entrance and Charlie recognizes this. And so he's kind of toying with him. He accidentally drops a beer. There's glass everywhere. And, and you know, the polite thing to do would be for Jerry to come in and help. But he hasn't been invited. Yeah, so he can't come through the door. And he's at every opportunity trying to find a way to get in the house. Like, oh, hey, nice cabinets. Good uh, good trim work. <laughs> it's like because he said that he does construction. So he's got to comment on it. And it's the shiftiest fucking acting from Colin Farrell. I have no idea what the physical direction was here. But his eyes are just darting all over the place. If you were playing a drinking game of, like, every time Colin Farrell looks left, you have to take a shot, you would be asleep. By the end of the scene, By yeah. the end of this scene. It's great. It's it's like he is a, a thief who's casing the joint, but he's not doing a very good job of hiding it. Like, he's looking behind Charlie's back. He's looking around the corners. And then he's also inspecting the invisible force field around the door. That's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like I guess it's like he's in hunt mode, and he's, like, really, like, shifty. But he's also talking about Charlie's mom and his girlfriend. And to reference them, he keeps, like, looking off like they're over in the other room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and he, he's 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 doing like bro talk like the like that like that book the game you know where he, he's he's talking about oh yeah this is the kind of girl that you gotta like put in her place I don't think that's what he actually says it's but it's really weird it's that kind of talk I would believe that he's 200 300 years old <laughs> he's, yeah he's just like oh you gotta watch those girls and you're just like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take your beers and leave. Yeah, You're being weird. He's giving him like the slicked back hair, gym tan laundry kind of advice on like how to get these girls. I think he's just trying to play with his ego because he knows that Charlie has kind of come from, you know, a geeky background and he knows that his girlfriend's a 10 and kind of that insecurity he has. Mm-hmm. I think he's really trying to lean into that and make him feel inferior. You think because, that's all it is? Yeah, because at this movie's core, it's kind of a... The whole movie is about this young couple's sexuality and getting it on. <laughs> I mean, so is the first one, though. And becoming an adult. No, that's... but I know that. But I'm just saying that, you know, Jerry coming in and being this suave, debonair vampire and seducing and stealing his girlfriend away and 
penetrating her with his fangs wow. before Charlie can. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's it's all about young love and. Uh, I don't know, getting it in. I guess. Getting it in. Yeah, well, I mean, any teenage movie kind of is. And yeah, Colin Farrell is that sort of sleazy dude that is, that's it's given teenagers advice that they should not take. Like at every, at every turn, even when, I don't, I don't know. There's a scene where he finally gets Amy in the club, in the Las Vegas club and, and Charlie can't get to her. And it's not nearly as fun as the 1985 Fright Night with like the dance number and the dance off, but he, he kind of like corners her and she, she gives in because he's made her taste his blood. And he just like whispers in her ear, like at a girl, like, Yeah, like the whole thing is not good. Like he is essentially a date rapist, but he's a vampire. And uh, Colin Farrell really does a great job with it. I dislike it so much. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You're not supposed to like this Jerry Dandridge. The Jerry Dandridge of 1985, whatever the original Fright Night is, you could fall for his tricks. Like he is suave. He is sort of And his sweaters. <laughs> he's got a great sweater game. <laughs> he's he's charming. He's charismatic. And as much as Colin Farrell has all that, he's got like the real dark streak of a frat bro. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done. He's fucking creepy. Yeah. And I guess that they're trying to justify, like, okay, well, why is this, like, suave, debonair, like, 400-year-old being, like, fucking with this teenage boy and his girlfriend? You know what I mean? Because he is so singularly focused. Mm -hmm. In both films, he's very singularly focused. And and it's maybe it's out of self-preservation because he knows this nosy kid is going to expose a secret or la 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 or, you know, like, cut open a window and fucking burn him in his sleep. So maybe it's, it's that. But... 
it almost seems too much. Like he's gone wily e. coyote. You know what I mean? You're like, why is he so focused on this kid? And you're like, oh, it's a creep. He's a creep and he wants his girlfriend. <laughs> he's a fucking creep and he wants his girlfriend. But he's he's also using his girlfriend to get Charlie, at least at some point. You know, like Charlie, it's a kind of a cat and mouse thing where he's just playing around with him. Like I'm, I could crush you right now if I wanted to but I'm going to let this play out a little bit. I'm going to see what you got. There's a great line where Charlie finally makes his way into Jerry's den at the end of the movie. And he's like, did you really think you were just going to waltz in here and defeat 400 years of self-preservation? Like, damn, that's a good line. Like, yeah, people have been trying very hard to kill me for 400 years, every way possible. And, uh, and I've gotten very good at stopping them. That's so cool. Yeah, and that scene has a reveal that I kind of, I mentioned in the beginning, there's a unique thing about Jerry that we haven't really talked about. They gave him like a type of vampire. Like Peter Vincent goes into this when we, we kind of reveal that he's actually just really nerdily into the history. He's not a magician. He just loves kind of dark shit and historical, weird, off offbeaten shit. And he reveals that Jerry is this type of vampire that likes to create fledgling vampires. Yeah, like he's tribal in nature. So it's not so much that he's showing up and just drinking the town dry and moving on. Like he's creating a community of vampires. Which is really cool. And also the style of drinking that he doesn't just like one and done you. Like he'll keep you alive for Yo, weeks. How do, we, how do we gloss over the fact that he's got like a hidden closet that's got several prisons in it? Yeah, he's basically rebuilt this house to have an impossible amount of square footage. A magical amount of square footage. Justin Long would be in there with his fucking tape measure just like, holy <laughs> shit there's like 10 other rooms in here yeah there's an evil hallway of imprisonment and then there's a sub basement and then there's like a fucking catacomb yo yo the fact vampire corpse <laughs> it's amazing so like the prisons that he's keeping them in you think it's just that he's it, they're like his refrigerator right like he he kidnaps a girl he keeps her locked in this room uh, and he he opens it up just to feed on them until they finally expire you know like it's it's like he's got a six pack of beers but they're all blonde women it's really just sort of like an incubating chamber. Like he's keeping them in there until they turn. And then they go to the sub basement where their, you know, kind of coffins are. But like these vampires don't have the standard coffin to sleep in. They just dig holes into the earth and he's broken open the foundation and like even the walls of the foundation. And like they're coming out of the ground sideways from the house up from the dirt. It's such a killer sequence. It's really great because we know, like, we, there was that tidbit dropped that he he does like to create other vampires. Yeah, yeah. We don't really see how many he's amassed. We don't see any that he's amassed. No, I think at best you assume he's got Evil Ed and his girlfriend. Like, you don't, th I, I sure didn't think that he had other people. I, I mean, maybe if I wasn't a dummy i would have remembered that he'd already killed like a dozen people and no one has found the bodies yeah, he's yet. got he's got a franco down there oh yeah 
<laughs> I was so confused when he killed Franco and his buddy. Like, they're just hanging out, smoking weed in their car, angrily watching Charlie put up crosses in his room. Like, that dude's fucking weird, man. We shouldn't be friends with him anymore. And then Jerry just, like, eats them, eats their throats in the driveway. It's like, why did he kill them? Well, maybe no he was unsure if they were actually friends or not. And he's like, oh, God, these are other people that are going to help fucking wiener neighbor yeah. eat me or whatever. But yeah, I think <laughs> his, me. I think his, <laughs> I think his goal is to basically just take that whole subdivision. Yeah, it makes sense because when they do the bird's eye kind of establishing shot, this town is in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like a square lot with, a, I don't know, a hundred houses yeah, on it. Yeah, six there's rows nothing of else houses around. and nothing else. Yeah, it's a new, a new subdivision or something. And, uh, and by the looks of it, Tony Collette's probably like the sales agent who sold everybody their houses. Oh, like, man. Like as, poltergeist. As soon as they showed her in the opening scenes, like putting her uh, lawn signs with their, sh- their sharp little stake bottoms, I was like, oh, this is coming into play. <laughs> and it does. It's so good There's, it is good there is a crazy long sequence where jerry is finally like fuck you guys i'm coming in the house and they're the, you know they, they they pull like the classic vampire like well you can't come in if we don't invite you and he just rips the the gas line out of the lawn lights it on fire and their house blows up he's just like i don't need permission if there's no house <laughs> Pretty good. And then it's like 18 more minutes of him just chasing them down the, 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 the desert highway. It fucking turns. Like, there is no convincing scene and big, long, drawn-out scene. Everybody confronts Charlie. They're like, Mom and Amy are like, you're being weird. Why is all this yeah, garlic? Son, and- <laughs> son, show us the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, nope, neighbor's a vampire. And they're like, no, he's not. And then they're like, oh, wait, yes, he is. You're like, oh, oh, wait, he is trying to murder us with superhuman strength. He threw a motorcycle through the back of our minivan. That entire car sequence, I don't even, I don't, we can't really call it a chase sequence because he is kind of barely chasing them is really odd because the entire thing is CG for the most part, right? Because the camera is impossibly looking 360 degrees. You didn't love that? Oh, no, I did love it. Okay, yeah, sure. But it's, you had the best uh, interpretation of it. You were like, I feel like I'm on one of those rides in Universal, <laughs> like like King Kong or- Or, or the Fast and the Furious The ride. Fast and the Furious, <laughs> shout out to Earthquake as well, the oh, OG. <laughs> classic. It's so fun because you see all sides of this infiltration of Jerry. He throws a motorcycle at the back. He's at the side. He's in front of the car. Like, they he's run, underneath. They run him over, and then he's under the car. Like, fucking Robert De Niro in Cape Fear. I'm full of references this episode. And he just, like, punches his way through the bottom of the car, and you get, like, a vampire hand just, like, sticking up, trying to grab Mom's foot from the, the from the gas pedal. Loved it. But, yes, it's all done in – it's it's made to look as though it's one un broken shot like from the moment they leave the house until they're outside the car fighting jerry dandridge by hand and the the cgi quality of it is just to sort of blend the the cuts because yeah the camera is moving around in the car like we go we go on amy in the back seat and then we pivot around to mom and charlie in the front seat and we're looking out all of the windows and it's just like there's nowhere for a cameraman to be no it's it's done so well it looks great i mean it's got that cgi quality sure i mean it is like 12 years old at this point so like obviously it feels like a ride though it's fun yeah love it it looks so cool it's a great idea but while we're talking CGI stuff, I don't really love a lot of the special effects in the movie. I think it's just because they have that CGI quality to them. It was just the time when they were just going ham a little bit before they should have. 
Yeah. Um, Specifically. The finale of Jerry's face. <laughs> yeah. Jer- yeah. Jerry's uh, transformation from like vampire back to like full ass, you know, vampire who lives underground. He reminds monster, me. Back to Colin Farrell looks funny. He reminds me of Hyde in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Like oh, the sure. transformation of Hyde. And yeah, you're just yeah. like. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> but. This is this is what I wanted to bring up. Like now, don't get me wrong. There there are a lot of special effects that look really good. When Charlie puts a battle axe in in Ed's neck and it's just sort of like dangling there, looks great. Like all the blood looks fun. It does. It is unfor- It was released in 3D, so you do have a lot of stuff like glass from the car and even blood when people get bitten, just sort of like flying at the screen, which is fun. I would. I wish we saw this in 3D. I bet it looked hilarious. <laughs> But in the end credits, we notice that special effects and makeup, prosthetics done by Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero. So you gotta know that this was a The Thing scenario. No, they definitely just enhanced the makeup it, with CGI. All of the makeup looked CGI. Yes. Yeah. And you know, like you, having seen The Walking Dead and shit, you know that they can just clean up the edges and make it look great. But I think we got to remember this came out the same year as The Thing. I think it was probably an issue of looking, quote unquote, too 80s and maybe even possibly just looking too graphic. You know, if you if you make it look a little cartoonish. Because they fun, went for a shiny version of everything. Yeah, you, you could get away with like a, a PG-13 versus a hard R if, yeah. it, if it looks fake. The part that breaks your heart the most is Amy's big sequence, which is true from the original where, you know, the white dress, she's, she's turned into a fledgling vampire and the really enormous terrifying mouth with the teeth scare yeah it's very digital in this version and it's got a big highlight and it's got a big spotlight and they're really giving one to the team like you originals are gonna love this you're like (laughs) this is a lot of cgi though (laughs) and you know i love i love really obnoxious cgi i do that one made me a little sad. <laughs> yeah, I can ta- I can handle giant headed bat Jerry, but Amy with a mouthful of digital teeth was like, oh. Yeah, I I wonder too if it was a matter of it being too graphic and ruining the humor because like the movie is very funny, and and a lot of that might even just be in Colin Farrell's performance. He's smirking the entire fucking he movie. Is. People are like, I think you're a vampire. And he's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. I'm just gonna bite this apple. Oh, I love that they kept that too. It's just like the fact that Chris Sarandon, who has a great cameo in the movie, and Colin Farrell just eats the fuck out of him. R.I.P. O.G. Jerry. O.G. Jerry. R.I.P. Yeah, they kept the idea that he's like a fruit bat. He has some. He has some. Uh, he's a beer dia- bat. Dia- he's <laughs> yeah. He is slamming beers in this movie. It's it's fun. I also remember that. And I don't have the exact quote here because I didn't look it up, but I do remember at the time seeing like an interview on Entertainment Tonight or something uh, where Colin Farrell was was talking to the interviewer and saying like, yeah, you know, they're going to make this movie no matter what. And it's like I, even I personally don't necessarily like think that the original Fright Night needs to be remade. But I love that goddamn movie. And if anybody's going to play Jerry Dandridge, it's me. Like, I'm going to make sure it's me. So, like, this was a role that he was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's mine. Everybody get (laughs) out of here. I dibsed this one. So he is, you know, dead end loving it in the movie. He, He is in his element. 
He's doing exactly what he wants to do, and it it totally works. And it's honestly maybe maybe the uh, the perfect role for his eyebrows. <laughs> Vampires- Starring Imogen Poots, Anton Yelchin, and Colin Farrell's eyebrows. I, I just vampires have to do a lot of eyebrow acting. They're I very have. suave. I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> They give them those cool-ass vampire fingernails, too. I love those little fucking things. Yeah, I love a good vampire fingernail. We also, you know, uh, haven't talked too much about David Tennant. We're here at the end of the episode. So. You know what we fucking haven't talked about? What's that? That scare. We were walk- We were working our way to it with the secret layer of captives. It's like the big breaking in scene where Anton Yelton's breaking into his house because he's left for a little bit and he discovers the- Oh, yes, shit. He discovers the secret chamber behind the closet. I, so, I was confused. I was like, I thought we kind of talked about the vampires coming out of the basement. <laughs> no, yeah. It's he go he tries to rescue the go go dancer. It's like a mini heist sequence in the middle of this uh, vampire movie where they're skulking around the house, and you can tell Jerry knows they're there. Oh, because he can totally smell them. Yeah, like he he knows immediately that Charlie is in the house and that he's trying to sneak this girl out. And it's like he's, you know, conveniently getting in their way, you know, going to the fridge and grabbing a beer. They've got to, like, skulk around him and time it out perfectly. And then he, you can see that he's, like, around the corner watching them leave the house. Big old smirk. Uh, you know, f- fun eyebrows on. <laughs> and as soon as they get out into the light, that girl explodes. Because she's a motherfucking vampire. So good. It's such it's such a cool little moment and and Anton Yelchin to his credit really has the weight of that moment for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like he's just like I killed a person. I watched a person die in a way that should not exist. And and it, like the other thing too is like to go through that harrowing it journey, you know, adventure through and that the point house where they get outside and the sun is We've shining. We finally fucking made and it. She's like thank you so much. She he saw her get drank and like she was weak she could barely move oh and she's like oh man her 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 maybe dying moments where jerry's eating her and she sees anton yelchin watching and just puts a finger up to her lips like don't say anything was crazy it's like she's like i'm not gonna say anything i'm not gonna call out for help i'll just politely die here so you can leave that was like a mom instinct moment and you were like (laughs) oh does she have kids (laughs) (laughs) but yeah she didn't even know she was a vampire he didn't know she was a vampire and it's just such a nice sudden scare that you're like oh fuck this is dark love it yeah and even even david tennant has a moment at the end of the movie where they're you know they've they've uh, they've, they're cornered by all the vampires. They found a little bead of sunlight to hang out in to stay safe. And then he starts to uh, he starts to smoke. It's like, well, it's because you're turning. I I bit you, and you are slowly becoming a vampire. So it's, it's got this great little ticking clock at the end of the movie where Charlie's like, gotta fucking do something, otherwise everybody, including the guy he showed up with to save the day, are going to eat him and his girlfriend and his girlfriend. Very yeah. sad. And bonus points, full body burn at the end of this movie, man. Charlie lights himself on fire to basically sort of like distract Colin Farrell's. Yeah, vampires don't like being on fire. I think that's perfect logic. So yeah, the idea is like. (laughs) I don't like being on fire. (laughs) He's not thinking properly. He's being frantic. It's the opportunity to stab him in the heart. Love that heart stab, by the way. Yeah, revealed his heart a little bit because his skin is burnt open. Oh, it's so good. He can't miss, right? And like they've stabbed him in the heart already, uh, including Tony Collette doing a a great little uh, 
Save my son. Save my son moment. <laughs> where do we ever see her at the end of the movie? The last th- I she swear- calls him when they're uh, about to get it on and in right. uh, Chris like, Angel's Mom, apartment. I'm a, I'm a little busy. I'm having. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm an adult man is letting me have <laughs> sex with my teenage girlfriend in his Las Vegas apartment, <laughs> and is maybe coming in to, to see it. <laughs> Everybody in the movie's a weird frat bro. Even David Tennant, the he- one of the heroes. Yeah, this movie is really horny. Yeah, super horny and and just like a just like a real fun good vampire time, man. Yeah, you're right though about Colin Farrell being a creep, and maybe that's why I haven't really gotten into it because I'm like I don't want to see him this way. Like, <laughs> is that why you didn't like Banshees of Inisherin? You're like I don't want to see him sad. <laughs> he's so dreamy. Why are you gotta put this on him? <laughs> I just want to see his eyebrows act. Okay, well, I mean, eyebrows and also the rest of it. How how you rate Fright Night 2011? Um, I'm going to give it a two out of four. Really? Mm-hmm. That's okay. I'm giving it at least a two point five. Like this is that's a- not a much different rating. Yeah, I'm giving it a. I'm giving it a. T- oh man, it was fun. I'm giving. I'm going to keep it. A t- I'm going to keep it at a two point five. It's a good movie. Yeah, no, it's it's totally fun. It's great casting. I don't know yeah. if we co- like commended the casting enough. Everybody does a, such a great job. You know, it's a little surface level. Everybody's kind of stuck in their own little zone. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Everybody's ridiculously good looking. Yeah, well, that and we've got we've got a British actor. He is kind of British in the in the movie though. Uh, but we've got like hard Irish accent from Colin Farrell, masked with his American accent. Yeah. Tony Collette. I mean, we always doing an American accent, but like she's got a real. I shouldn't do it. <laughs> she's got she's got a real Australian accent. Yeah. And uh, you you don't hear it ever. And yeah, just uh, I mean, and also like she doesn't really have a whole lot to do, but Image and Poots kind of great in everything she's in. Yeah, she's just like got so much. What do you, what do you call it? It. She's got that it factor yeah like you you just want to watch her i think it's because she's very 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 pretty (laughs) might have something to do with it (laughs) she's also just a really great actress because her and anton yelchin also played together in green room and they're both doing completely different roles and characters and it's great to see them together again i'm so sad about anton yelchin though we all are Mm. But that's just our opinion. Let us know what you thought of Fright Night 2011, especially if you've revisited this movie since it was first released. Oh, man, tell me how great it was to see it in 3D if you saw it in the movie theater. I want to I want to feel Can, Is there a 3D version of this available? I would be also just really excited to see when um, Imogen Poots throws that mace and hits Evil Ed. That would be a 3D moment for me. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast or in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at NOFSpodcast.com slash Discord. You can also find us on Instagram at Nightmare on Film Street. Not really the greatest place to have a conversation, but I mean, hey, if you want to like check out some photos we're posting, it's over there. There's lots of memes over there. Yeah. <laughs> if you've been a fan of Nightmare on Film Street for a while and you need even more content, hit us up over on our Patreon Fiend Club at NOFSpodcast.com slash Fiend Club. There's tons of bonus episodes all happening over there and we do the occasional watch party or live stream and it's always tons of fun we're in the middle of our universal classic monsters podcast series if you need more vampires you want more bats we've got the ogs over there we're talking about bella lugosi we're talking about the spanish dracula dracula's daughter and uh depending on when this comes out we'll we'll either be talking about renfield soon or we very recently just posted that episode uh here are our full thoughts on nicholas cage as fucking dracula over in the fiend club at uh, like Kim mentioned at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club until next time I'm Kim I'm John stay Stay creepy. creepy
It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.